The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hey there, I'm Lisa Campion, and I am your host of the Miracle of Healing. Super happy to have you here. If you're new to the show, so glad you're here. Welcome. And if you've been coming along for the ride for a while, welcome back. So we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart today. We're going to talk about dreams and how to become an awake dreamer and discover the magic that's waiting for us in our dreams. I just love this topic so much because I have been an active dreamer, a lucid dreamer my whole life, and it's hard for me to find people to talk to about it. So today we're going to talk to Samantha Fay. She's an incredible author, psychic and healer. She teaches psychic developments, has an incredible podcast two that we can talk about in a bit and she's just i know she's taught so many people how to access their intuition their psychic abilities how to manage their sensitivity and she's got a new book called the awake dreamer discover the magic awaiting in your dreams so welcome to the show samantha thank you lisa i'm so happy to be here and to talk about dreams and i'm one of those weird people that loves to talk about dreams so i love to talk about dreams too in fact, my um, my daughter lives with me. She's 23, but ever since she, she still lives with me, but ever since she was little, she dreams too. The first thing we do when we get up in the morning is talk about our dreams. What did you dream? <laughs> and we share what our, what our dreams were. Um, and it, and we always have, we always have something to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. is, has that been true for you that you've been a dreamer your whole life? I've been a dreamer my whole life. My kids are active dreamers. And I think as a parent, it's such a great gift you can give to your kids to talk to them about their dreams and say, hey, what did you dream about? And it, you can model for them how our dreams really teach us so much about what our unconscious is trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm trying to highlight in the book, The Awake Dreamer, is not those traditional, ordinary dreams where you're late for an exam or you show up naked at a speech. I'm talking about these soul travel experiences where we have dream visits with the loved ones on the other side or lucid Mm. dreams, like you were saying, astral travel dreams, uh, announcing dreams, precog dreams. I'm trying to highlight those mystical, magical experiences that happen when we're quote unquote sleeping. Yeah. I think some of our dreams and they say, um, the early part of the night, you know, that our, our, our dreams are just sort of like the brain, our brain clearing the cache, like sorting out memories and putting them in long-term, short-term memory kind of stuff. And then after that seems to be when these psychic dreams happen or these soul dreams that happen. So let's start with this question that a lot of people ask me, what do you do if you don't remember your dreams? Because some people don't. 
Some people don't. I think it's important to look at the science and the research here because everybody dreams. And so just knowing that every, every time that you fall asleep and you hit that REM stage of your sleep cycle, you are dreaming. And if you're not remembering your dreams, it usually means that you're just super busy or very, very stressed out or not consciously trying to connect with that inner side of yourself. And so just talking about dreams, reading a book about dreams, journaling your dreams, even if you wake up and you don't remember a dream, still write it down, write down, you know, August 29th, I didn't remember my dreams, but I woke up feeling sad, anxious, happy, excited, or I woke up with this song on my mind. I'm going to go look up the lyrics, you know, write down anything. Any little snippet, any little little fragment, any little color, emotion, anything like that. Yes. I also think some people do better voice recording them than writing them down too. Like, Oh, totally. Like just grab your phone and record it in there. Yeah. And I think too, there's some like medications we take or some health conditions, sleep apnea could sometimes interfere with us remembering our dreams too. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can interfere with our dream recall. And that's why I think keeping a journal, whether it's on your phone or if it's actual paper and pen, is going to help you start to notice that. So if you are, if you do have a constantly interrupted sleep cycle, that is going to inhibit your ability to remember your dreams. But maybe you take a nap during the day. A lot of people don't remember their dreams at all at night, but if they allow themselves like a 30-minute dream during a 30 minute nap, that's when they will actually remember most of their dreams. So start to kind of play around with it. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to this idea of the sort of the, the, the soul level dream, um, what, what are some of the things that information we can get or the kind of experiences we have with these deeper dreams? There is so much that you can do. And again, it's about, consciously trying to work with the dream state. So what you do during the day is just as important as what you do when you're sleeping at night. So if you are thinking about a problem, if you're talking about a problem or journaling about it, you can write it down on a piece of paper as a question and tuck it under your pillow and you will receive an answer in your dreams. Now it might For me, it's never happened that first night that I put the question under my pillow, but usually within two weeks of doing that, I will either have a dream that gives me a very clear answer or I'll be at the gym or driving to work and suddenly I'll have this aha moment and I know it came from working with the dream state. So even if you consciously aren't recalling your dreams, your subconscious, your soul is recalling your dreams. And there's a lot that we can gather from this time. We can, like I said, meet with loved ones on the other side. There are many of us who meet with our guides during the dream state, and we can go over aspects of our soul plan that are working or maybe not working. There are some of us, um, I call us night workers or soul travelers, where when we sleep, we're actually doing work. Yeah. Some of us yeah. report helping cross over earthbound. Mm-hmm. So I've done that go before many light. times in my dreams. It's fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. important work, and I think it's nice to be able to kind of bring it out into the open. On my podcast, Psychic Teachers, I started sharing some of these dream experiences. And I was really nervous to do so because first of all, it's kind of weird and strange. And second mm-hmm. of all, like I, like we said, no one really wants to talk about dreams except maybe me and you. But as I started sharing some of these nightworker dreams I was having, I 
got flooded and still am with emails from listeners saying, me too, me too. I've had those experiences as well. And it's not just my listeners or your listeners or me and you, it's other people as well. There's um, a wonderful book written in the 1960s called Breakthrough to Creativity. And she talks about all these people. She's a psychiatrist who wrote the book and she was looking at higher sense perception gifts. And she wanted to look at doctors like herself, CEOs. She even interviews two ambassadors, people who would be highly regarded in their, in, among their peers for their intuitive experiences. And what she found was that it all started in their dreams. And many of them report going to what I call an astral school. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience, Lisa, but yeah, yeah. I have many, many dreams where I'm in school and I'm learning new techniques and new things. And there's very often there's the same people in, in the classes, but we're learning different things each night. And it's absolutely intriguing. And this in this book, Breakthrough to Creativity, she talks about people who like doctors who are learning different healing techniques during the sleep state that they're then able to bring to their daily life and their work with their patients. And what, I mean, wasn't it Albert Einstein who said he got the idea of relativity through a dream? Yes, yes. The, yeah. the cows falling against the electric fence dream. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I have a list in my book of inventions and music and books and songs that came from dreams. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a rich, rich time of our life that that we need to really learn how to work with. I um, I did a blog very recently about the dream, the night work. And I, like you, I was super nervous about sharing that because it's so weird, like you said. And I, I also got a flood of people who say they do that too. So I think it's way more common than than we think. Yeah, I think it is too. And, and that's why I'm hopeful about this book because I think it's giving people avenues to start talking about this. And dreams are very safe. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have a strange experience that happens to you, it's very uncomfortable to tell a person like I saw a ghost or I, you know, something weird happens to you. But if you mm. tell a friend, I had a dream about a ghost. Somehow it's more socially acceptable. Yes. You know, yes. to, to sort of bring up these psychic moments. If we have it in a dream, people accept it in a way they don't if we just say we saw it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was doing a presentation at the Edgar Casey ARE two weeks ago and this older gentleman was in the front row and he's nodding enthusiastically to everything I'm saying. And at, at the end of the talk, he came up to me and he said, I've been having these experiences my whole life and no one ever talks about it. And yeah. when I try to talk to people about these dreams, they tell me it's my imagination. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to give him a hug, you know, because that word imagination is so misused. And I that's what I was told as a psychic child. You know, my parents didn't squish me, but they're like, you have such a good imagination. I'm like, you know, so. all my imaginary friends and all of that. It's, it's kind of a dismissive yes. way to look at it. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, and that's okay because we have to meet everyone where they are on, on their journey. Mm -hmm. and, and for some people, this is kind of scary. The thought that our soul leaves our body while we're sleeping and travels to the other side. That can be very intimidating to some people. You're so weird one, Samantha. Like, maybe you tell me what you think about this. But I have recurring dreams. Uh, I mean, I have lots of recurring dreams many categories of recurring dreams but one of them is that i'm really i've never told anybody this um that i'm really off planet i'm in i'm in some other place that i'm like this is not planet earth and i can tell because it doesn't look anything like it gravity is very different like 
I'm driving up this mountain at an angle that you couldn't. And I, and I go back to the same places over and over again. I'm like, oh, I'm in that place again. I'm in this place again. Is that something you experienced or have heard of? I have heard of that. And if you read John Mack's book, you know, it might, we might be talking about something else happening to you, Lisa. I mean, maybe you are journeying with some helpers to other dimensions. I don't know. I had a fascinating, very lucid dream experience a couple of years ago where I was, whenever I have dreams where I'm with my guides or angels, they're always standing kind of to my side, but behind me. So I don't see their face. And I had this dream that I was in this giant room. I mean, it was bigger than anything I could conceive of. I actually had to climb a ladder to get up to the man's workbench. And I don't know who this was standing behind me, but there were all these giant snow globes and they were different worlds. And one of them Mm -hmm. was Earth. And he said, I created all these illusions so you all can learn and grow closer to me. Choose your illusion. And I just found that so interesting. quantum, very quantum way of looking at things, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think anything is possible when we are sleeping and journeying in that way. So why couldn't you visit other places? I think that I do. Let's talk about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming is one of my favorite ways of dreaming. And I, my lucid dream, I think almost every night, which I think is quite unusual. And I started doing it when I was really little. So my first memory, I was like five or six and I I would have these recurring nightmares and I do often have nightmares. Um, and I got sick of having nightmares. It's a, when you remember your dreams every night and they're nightmare it's a drag. It's a big drag. And one time uh, this monster, I had this monster chasing me and it looked like one of the monsters from, um, where the wild things, where the wild things live, you know, that book. Yeah. Um, and it's a book my parents read to me when I was little. So I got sick of being chased, chased by those wild things. And I turned around in my dream and I grabbed one of them by the horn and I said, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I know who you are and I know your name, which is like actually kind of a magical thing. It's like you invoking the laws of magic, which how would I know when I was five? And it shrunk down into like this little mouse sized thing and ran away. And I never had that dream again. But I knew in the dream that I needed to stop the pattern. I'm like, I'm this is stupid and I'm done with being scared. So I'm going to change this. Two important things in that experience. So lucid dreaming is when we become aware while we're dreaming that we're dreaming. But two things that you said really stand out to me. One is lucid dreaming gives us an opportunity to confront our innermost fears. So it's during lucid dreaming that we're able to face our anxieties, our shadow self, our fears, But also during lucid dreaming or any of these awake dreaming experiences that we have, I have found that I know more than Samantha knows, you know, the the conscious me. How would I know that? How would I know that at five? Exactly. I think that's that's your soul, you know, who is ruthless and and timeless, who knew that and knew that this was a way to help you. There's Mm -hmm. a there's a lucid dream experience I recount in the book where a a man is repeatedly chased by this horrible thing. And he's so afraid of it in the dream. He won't even turn around to look at it. it. He just has this recurring dream where he's being chased. And that's a very common dream. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he decided to work with lucid dreaming to try to do exactly what you did when you were a little girl. And so finally he learned a lucid dream and he was able to turn around and face this, this thing that had been chasing him all these years. And it turned out it was him. Mm-hmm. It was himself. And himself said to the dreamer, oh, thank God you finally stopped. I've been trying to get you so I can get this off of us. And he reaches down to the man's ankle and unhooks a ball and chain. 
And I just think that is such a fascinating example of how lucid dreaming can really help us realize kind of like my dream before it's all an illusion that's been created. Right. To help us grow. You love it. When I was in college, I would have these lucid dream experience again, sort of a chase scenario. And I was studying shamanism at the time. And I, I'm like, I want to see what happens if I put my hands down on the ground and I shape shifted into this like big black Jaguar. And it was so fun. And after that, for years, I could choose to do that in my dreams. If I was feeling like things were dicey, I would like, all I have to do is put my hands on the ground and I'm going to shape shift. Have you heard of people shape shifting in their dreams? I, I don't know anyone else that's done that. I have, I have heard of that. I've never done that. Is, is that one of your animal guides? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. I wonder if it's like one of your, your protector animal guides and you're able to call on that energy. And I would feel what it felt like. I would feel so much joy. I would just feel like so much pleasure and joy and the feeling of running and the power that it felt and the fearlessness. It was amazing. Well, if listeners have never experienced that, because it is pretty rare, I've only heard of it a couple of times, they can mm-hmm. correlate it to flying dreams. I think almost all yeah. of us have had flying dreams. And that's only accompanied by that same feeling of joy and personal empowerment and freedom. Freedom. Yeah. So cool. So if people want to learn how to lucid dream, how do they do that? Well, there's a lot of techniques that are very specific that I list in the book, but there are some really good ones that are simple and easy. What I do want to stress, though, is that lucid dreaming is not easy. So the techniques are easy, but making it work for you takes a lot of time and and effort and consistency. But if you uh, work on concentration exercises, there's the wake back to bed method, which is really, really helpful, where you kind of force yourself to wake up in the middle of the night and go back to sleep, that tends to trigger more lucid dream experiences. One of my Mm. favorite tips, instead of waking up in the middle of the night, is just set your alarm one hour earlier than you have to get up. And then Mm. when that alarm goes off an hour earlier, turn it off, don't hit the snooze, just turn it off knowing that you've got another one coming in an hour, fall back asleep for that last hour, you are going to greatly increase your chances of having a lucid dream. And if you don't lucid dream, you're still going to increase your chances of having very vivid dream recall. Because as you were saying at the beginning of, of us, our conversation, our spiritual dreams tend to happen at the end of our sleep cycle. Love this topic. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Okay, we are back with the amazing Samantha Fay and talking about her book, The Awake Dreamer, Discover the Magic Awaiting in Your Dreams. 
So let's talk a little bit about um, something I think that happens to quite a lot of people, which is like visit visitations from from our, our our dearly departed that happen in our dreams. I think that's quite common, and I'd love to talk about it. I think it is very common, and I think it is such a gift and a blessing when it does happen. There are I, it's very rare that I've met someone who has not been visited by a loved one. Usually it's a loved yeah. one, not a colleague, a coworker, although that does happen. But usually it's based on the connection of love. These dream visitations tend to happen after the initial shock of grief has passed. Because when we're in those first throes of grief, it, it puts up a barrier around our aura and it makes it very hard for our loved ones to enter our dream state. But once we've gotten yeah. through that first shock, they are usually able to come and tell us that they're okay. They, they usually want to let you know that they're still alive, just in a different dimension. But very often these dream visits have a very specific purpose. Uh, for example, I tell a story in the book about how my mother-in-law, she died in 2007. But in 2012, I had a dream that I woke up and I was in my bed and I knew I was sleeping, but I knew I was awake. So example of lucid dreaming. And I heard a crash in the living room. So I go out into the living room and there's my mother-in-law, Maggie. And I said, Maggie, oh my gosh. And I was so excited. I loved my mother-in-law. I was so excited to see her. And she said, um, hold my hand, Samantha. I don't have much time. I said, why? What's going on? Why don't you have time? And she said, crashing into your dream took so much more energy than they told me. And she squeezed my hands and she said, just know that it doesn't matter. Do you understand me? It doesn't matter and you're going to be okay. And then she said, tell Grace, congratulations. So I woke up right away back in my bed and I woke up my husband at the time and I said, your mom just came to me in a dream and I don't know what she's talking about. So Grace was her other granddaughter from uh, my former husband's sister. So he called her and it turns out that her daughter Grace actually did have this huge accomplishment that day that her grandmother would have wanted to say, you know, congratulations. No. So that made me go, uh-oh, what is she trying to warn me about? And uh, that night I came home from the gym and got in the shower and I found a lump in my breast, went right to the doctor the wow. next day, found out I did have breast cancer. I'm okay. Thank God. I, I caught it very, very early. But wow. throughout that whole ordeal, I kept thinking of that dream and it got me through it. It really did. I kept thinking of her squeezing my hands and saying, it doesn't matter. Do you hear me? It doesn't matter. You're going to be okay. Wow. That, that is was so intense. You know, life affirming and life changing. Now there are dream visits where sometimes our loved ones will come to us because they need our help. So I tell a story in the book about my grandmother who wasn't the nicest person always when she was alive. And she appeared to me in a dream, not looking so great. She had sunken, you know, under eye bags and was wearing kind of like a tattered yellow shift. And, and she said, they're making me do my life review. And it's much harder than I thought. I need your prayers. And that was it. Mm -hmm. I woke up back in my bed. I called my whole family. My mom called her sisters or cousins. We all started praying. We're Catholic. So of course we said rosaries for Grammy. Two weeks later, I had a dream and she appeared again in, in my living room and she was radiant. Her hair was in a French twist. She was in a beautiful outfit and she held my hands and she said, it, it worked. Thank you so much. It worked. And she just dissolved through my ceiling in a tube of light. So I think it's it's fascinating to think about how our prayers for our loved ones who have gone on can help them 
as much as they can help us on the other side. That is beautiful. I love that. And I think sometimes people have dream visits from their relatives. It can be quite ordinary. Like um, I dreamt about my dad after he passed away and I, it, it felt very normal. Like we were drinking a cup of coffee together. We were talking about, you know, normal everyday stuff. It was just kind of like this feeling of like contentment and connection. And then I woke up wondering like, was that a memory? Was that a visit? Was that wishful thinking? Um, and I, I felt like it was, it was a visit, but it wasn't anything like, you know, crazy. It was just a like a normal connection. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be like that, just them popping in to say hello. What I like to do when you do have those dreams where you're like, was that really you? Or was that me hoping to visit with you again? I like to follow it up with a sign. I bug my people on the other side all the time. And, and I just do, and I recommend we all do it. And so I would say, you know, dad, if that was you, please show me a bluebird in the next uh, 48 hours. Give them a timeline, because I think time on the other side is different from our It's a little wobbly. Yeah, different from ours, yeah. Beautiful. And then you you tell the story about something that sometimes isn't so great, so fun. There's something about a murder, a murder in your store, in your book. What? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I love spooky stuff. So I do have some stuff in the book about hag syndrome and sleep paralysis and spooky things that can happen in our dreams. But there's also some pretty well-known stories of murders that have been solved through dreams. And I tell the story of Teresita Bassa, who was unfortunately murdered. She was a respiratory therapist in a hospital in Chicago, I believe, and the police could not solve her murder. They had no clues to go on. Everybody loved her. Nobody you know, had anything against her. And then another woman who worked at the same hospital started having dreams where Teresita Basso was coming to her and telling her who murdered her, gave her a name and everything. Now, what I find interesting is both these women worked at the same hospital. They were both originally from the Philippines. And I found that when we have these shared dream experiences, it's often because we have something in common. Either we're family or we're friends or we have a background or a religion or a culture in common. And I, I think that's really interesting to kind of track. Anyway, they went to the police and the Chicago PD, you know, God bless them. They listened, but they were like, you know, we don't have anything to go talk to this guy about. We need more. So the woman went back to sleep, I guess you could say. I don't mean to make light of it. But eventually she had another dream where Teresita said, have the police ask this man's girlfriend if he gave her any jewelry. It is my jewelry. When he killed me, he stole my jewelry and gave it to her. And so the police, they listened. They got a search warrant. They asked the girlfriend. She said yes. They showed photos of the jewelry to Teresita's family. Yes, that was her jewelry. And he was, or he, if he confessed instantly and, and went to prison and it all came wow. from a dream. That's so interesting. I love that story. Yeah. So fascinating. So if people wanted to reach you, Samantha, or find your book, how would they do that? So you can find me at samanthafey.com, F-E-Y. You can also listen to my podcast. I've got two psychic teachers and enlightened empaths. You can find my book anywhere books are sold. So it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, but also smaller bookstores. You can always just ask them to order it. It's also on Audible. um, And I'm teaching in a a webinar on how to become an awake dreamer, uh, September 15th, if people want to check that out as well. 
Well, I hope everyone runs right out and gets your book and, and looks you up on, on your website because your work and listens to your podcasts are amazing. So um, I know you have so much to offer everyone on this topic and I can't wait to read your book. Thank you. Yeah, and people can hear your interviews on our podcast as well. I know. Yeah, I've been on your podcast. You've been a great guest. I always enjoy it. Enjoy it so much. So thank you so much for being with us today, Samantha. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And thank all of you for listening along to this incredible conversation. It was so fascinating, wasn't it? If you want to come visit me, I'd love to hear from you. You can check me out at lisacampion.com. Stop by. I have a lot of information for anyone who's interested in exploring their psychic abilities or learning Reiki. So you have online Reiki classes on my website too. So check that out and we will see you next time. We are like so happy to be healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.